The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcast are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. So the topic I wanted to cover today, uh, kind of going off of our uh, last podcast, is yeah. really talking about stereotypes and breaking those down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So elaborate on that for me. Yeah. I think Lambda, I think Lambda Chi has a lot of stereotypes, and I think fraternity big F in general mm-hmm. has a lot of stereotypes. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I'd like to break some of those down today um, and, and really see kind of where Lambda Chi falls on that. Um, which ones do we fall into and which ones maybe don't apply to us? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So let's do it. Let's do it. So Taylor, um, I think I am very excited for this podcast and I don't think I know I'm very excited for this podcast. Yeah, I am too, because I think that there are a lot of, um, you know, stereotypes that we can talk about that kind of not just apply to Lambda Chi Alpha, but all of Greek life. Yeah. And I would even go as far as to say is not good, just Greek life, but generationally, I think we have a lot to talk about as well. I agree. So we are actually joined today uh, by Miles Biggs um, and he is from Lycoming College. He's a brother. Um, and we are actually just on his podcast before this. So we're doing what is called a swap cast. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're kind of interviewing each other on each other's podcast. Right. Right. So Miles, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. been fun for the last hour and 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, it's been, yeah, it's been a long conversation, but, um, so yeah, so we are talking about, uh, stereotypes today. Um, and you know, that is our, our tagline for chop talk is chopping down the stereotype of today's fraternity men. Um, so why don't we start with some, some larger issues, um, and some bigger stereotypes and we'll kind of work our way down. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. Let's but before it. we get there, oh, Miles, how about you give us a little bit of background of yourself, um, kind of what you do, how yeah, how'd you how did you find the podcast, um, how did we even get to talking to get on your podcast, <laughs> right. and we can go from there. Perfect. Sure. So, yeah, like you mentioned, I went to undergrad at Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, uh, home of Little League, Week, Little League World Baseball. <laughs> that's the only reason why people know it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's okay. Nowhere, Pennsylvania. Um, so it's a very small school, only 1400 undergraduate students, Wow! but I loved it. My high school was over 3000 kids. Wow. So when it came wow, to that's college, a big change. I wanted, yeah, yeah. I graduated like 700 kids in my high school class. Wow. Yeah. I'm at graduation. Just looking at people like, who are you? <laughs> like, like, do I even know you? I've never even met you before. <laughs> Apparently we went from kindergarten through high school together. Yeah. So, so I wanted it to not be a number and Lacto was awesome for that. Um, so I went there and got recruited for swimming. I swam all through college. And when I was on, you know, first couple weeks of practice, all the other guys in the team were inviting me up to, they called it the floor ooh, because ooh. they didn't have fraternity houses. It's just a big dorm room with funny looking letters on the outside <laughs> that uh, each organization has a floor. And so I just found myself getting recruited without knowing I was being recruited until it was almost too late and they already had their claws in me. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, um, you're already there. You're ours. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't have had it any other way. I mean, I had I had no intention of joining a fraternity. I didn't really know what they were. Um, so I, it was just, I liked all the people in it. And so I said, hey, let's, you know, let's do it. If these guys are in it, it can't be that bad because they're, I know they're good guys. And I spent a lot, you spend a lot of time with your teammates when you're in sports. Yeah, so, definitely. I joined my freshman year, um, 
it was deferred recruitment. So I had to wait till my second semester and make sure I had good enough grades. Um, and then, yeah, it took off like a rocket ship. I mean, my first year I was like Mr. Lambda, you know, I was, uh, Iota. So I was, um, harm reduction. I was brother large for EC, you know, the next year I was high Kappa. So I did education when I was Iota, my roommate was Delta. So I was all in recruiting stuff as well. And then I was president my senior year. I was also, um, VP on IFC and did student government and very involved was on, you know, had a job on campus, job off campus. Oh geez. I just was like a joiner. I did everything. Yeah. Uh, made the most of my college experience. So you didn't so, have a free minute ever. Uh, sure I did. <laughs> That's the funny thing about it. And like, there's always time to do stuff. You just don't watch a lot of TV. So, yeah. I guess sleep, that's, that's a good point. But you can get it done. Right. So now like post-grad, I graduated in 2012 and I work for a pretty large housing company here in PA and I'm the general manager. I started as an intern and worked my way to the marketing department, was the marketing director and I've been GM for the past two years. So that's pretty cool. I, you know, awesome. I report directly to the CEO and just, you know, generally managing everything as a GM. So <laughs> it's a lot of the office, like business disciplines, you know, sales, marketing, mm-hmm. engineering, costing, accounting, that sort yeah. of thing for housing. Gotcha. And I do a podcast that you guys were on called Relish the Journey. I'm coming up on doing that for a year, 50 plus episodes in. Um, just doing that as a side hustle, just networking and expanding my circle, me and interesting people talking about different sorts of things. And that's where it brought me to you guys. I don't really know how, but you ended up on my newsfeed. Um, that's pretty cool. So I yeah, follow, that's good for us. It was meant follow, to be. Yeah. HQ and I, I know one of my guys that was in my chapter, his name's Avery. He's in ELC right now. Yeah. Yeah. He might've shared something. Um, so I just saw it and I was like, no way. They have a podcast. I have a podcast. <laughs> Let me comment and see if we could do what we did tonight. Right. And, just, and it happened. Know, I'll be on theirs and, and you be on mine. And yeah. so here we are. That's what led us here. Yeah. Perfect. De- definitely. And, and there before- you go. That's a very long elevator <laughs> or escalator ride. How, where do you want to phrase it? Oh, no. My pitch for how I got here. We loved it. I love it. And and so one thing I, I will say real quick is I, I think we should really plug your podcast because, and I told you when we first spoke is that the one thing I really loved about um, your podcast and in, in general, the naming scheme is how you really choose three words uh, to describe the podcast. And yeah. I, I, just, I found that so cool that um, sure. seeing those three words and then listening to the podcast and see how those um kind of came together to, to make the podcast. And I thought yeah. that was just so cool. So honestly, I, I would recommend the podcast to anyone who's listening to this right now. Yes. Yeah. Go check Thank it out. You, yeah. So just explain that a little bit for those of you that don't know. So it's called relish the journey and it just kind of happened upon it where I realized that's three words. Right. And so to me, that was how I described, you know, what I wanted to do for life. I wanted to slow down and enjoy what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when I started, I was in a headspace where I wasn't. Uh, and so then I just came up with the idea, well, I'm going to ask everybody to describe their life in three words. And then I take those three words and I use that to name the episode. And mm-hmm. without fail, like you said, it's been a perfect summation of the whole conversation. Um, we talk about everything from, you know, Greek life like we just did to people starting their own businesses to my mom and dad, to cousins <laughs> and friends. You know, everybody's got a story to tell and I just want to help share it. So that's just a little bit what it's about. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like it a lot. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, great. I'm I'm glad that we we got some background info on you, so people actually you know know who you are. Yeah, who's that <laughs> guy? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that we can probably jump into uh, talking about stereotypes. What do you think, Mike? I think we can, and I, I think we have the perfect crew here to do it. I think so too. Um, okay, so like I said, I think we're going to start you know big level and then kind of work our way down. So. Why don't we start with one of the biggest stereotypes, um, and that would probably be partying. Toga, toga. Yeah. (laughs) So think like Animal House and stuff. Um, But yeah, so I think that, and we were kind of talking about this on Miles' podcast as well, and what I said was, um, you know, I think that Greek life gets such a bad rap, and it's got such a negative uh, connotation in today's, um, media for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, we only hear about the parties that are being thrown and, oh, well this, this fraternity is throwing a rager over here and, you know, sorority girls are coming over here and going crazy. But my point was that that is definitely the minority you know, and our job as communications professionals for Lambda Chi Alpha is saying, you know, hey, we have so many things going on that are great and so many men that are doing great things. And those are the stories we want to tell. So I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on on that particular stereotype? So I guess in in regard to, you know, the drinking stereotype and the partying stereotype, like surprise, I drank in college. I, oh when I turned no, yeah. could you, Jared? Oh, whoa. Whoa, oh spoiler. my gosh. I am telling um, your boss. But <laughs> the, <me. laughs> the thing is, is I, I spent more time, like when I did drink, I, I did it with people actually outside of my fraternity, people who weren't even in Greek life. I had, I, I had a group of friends outside of, of Lambda Chi that I spent a lot of time with. And when I drank, I drank with them. And even like when Lambda Chi had events or we had alcohol, like I was 90% of the time a sober monitor because- to me, that's not what the organization was about. I, I knew that I could conduct myself properly and, you know, be that person who's like, okay, things are getting out of hand. Like, let's make sure that if we're going to drink, do it the right way, mm-hmm. not just have these huge, huge parties. Um, right. Because, because that's what girls liked. Um, because that's what a lot of the mentality, at least at my university was that, you know, you were only popular as, as a fraternity if you had big parties that lots of girls came to. Right. Um, and that was not, like, that's not why I joined Lambda Chi. That's not why most of my chapter joined Lambda Chi um, or Greek life in general. Um, and that's just one of the things that, like, yeah, we all we all drank in college. For I mean, for the most part, pe- people choose not to. But it there's a safe way to do it, and there's a time and place to do that. And I think that most people don't realize that it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. Well, and I think you touched on something very interesting there is you were a sober party monitor. So I think that part gets glossed over a lot. When I was president my senior year, it was like we had to run a damn nightclub. When we had a party. <laughs> it's so true. Right. So it's all these FIPG policies and you have to have a bartender and check people's alcohol. They can only have so much. You need X amount of sober party monitors. You got to check IDs. You got to add wristbands. It's like, by the end of it, it's like, why are you even doing this? Because none of us can even have fun. <laughs> right. You know, it's 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 so regulated. And I just think, like we said, it's the minority. And it just happens to be, you know, it sucks when it's a fraternity in the spotlight. But if it was people that had a club that loved the color blue and somebody <laughs> died, like the color blue would get a bad rap. Like no one would wear it. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, that's, that's a great point. something like that happens and you're organized under some umbrella, that umbrella is going to get a bad rap. Yes. It's just, 
what's rough is like, you know, all colors get a bad rap then, you know? And so even if it's not Lambda Chi Alpha, it's some other fraternity. Right. And then, oh, you're all looked at as the same, whether you're different, the same color or a different color. Sure. And that's what's, that's what's rough about it. Yeah. And, and so I, I guess I'll take a different approach on this one. And, and, and so I think it's it's society in the United States in general. I feel that we do a very poor job at educating people on not only alcohol awareness, but like social awareness in general. Yeah. How do you do you behave in a social setting? How do you um, conduct yourself in a manner that is not going to harm anyone or harm yourself? Um, so instead is we, we send these kids to college um, and, and we expect them to learn this, which, which most people do. Um, but as we keep saying, there are these outliers. And, and so these outliers uh, make a good media story. And so as soon as somebody hears it, they pick it up, put it on on blast on some type of network and, and it becomes this big story. But they're missing all of the underlying um, things that we could work on as a society that we can fix. Um, and I, I'm not trying to condone the behaviors that happen because honestly, most of them, um, some of the things we hear about, I, I, I think are absolutely atrocious and I, and I, I just can't believe that it happens. And, and so I'm with everyone. Yes, it is not okay, but I want to teach people to do things properly because they're going to do it whether you know about it or not. So how do we create a educational moment and, and create a conversation around this of, okay, what you're doing is not okay, but here is an alternative that is going to help everybody. Right. And I think that, especially in our culture, drinking is so taboo. Oh yeah. You know, and it's like, we can't talk about it or, you know, like we have to keep it quiet and stuff. And I, I, and to your point, Mike, I think that if we were just more open about it and saying, okay, we understand that this is going to happen, Mm -hmm. but here's a right way that we can do this, you know, and we can educate Um, you know, high school students going into college and say, you know, if you are going to drink, here's a responsible way to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is the magic bullet that's going to fix every problem, but I I think it's a step, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so Miles, I guess I have a question for you. Let's do it. Being outside of Liam Dekai, as far as an undergraduate chapter is concerned for a few years now after college. What is your thoughts when you see things in the media come across and, and maybe you see that a fraternity pledge dies or, or that uh, there, there is sexual misconduct or things like that that are happening in these chapter facilities from, from the outside looking in now as an alumnus of an organization? What are your thoughts? Hey, it's just, you know, it's sad. I mean, because that's what we, the conversation becomes, you know, mm-hmm. it's not how many cans of food did you raise? How many dollars raised or watermelons did you smash for a good cause or any of those sorts of things? It's, it affects all of us, even as a lump, because then you have it on your resume that you were president of your fraternity. And then that's in the news. And if you're applying for a job now, they're like, Oh man, Oh, did this guy, you know, sexually assault a girl in college? He was president of his fraternity. He was like the king of them. He must've been the best at it. You know, if he was president and well, that's just not the case at all. It's, it gets, it gets too much emphasis. Not that it shouldn't, because it's 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 terrible when that stuff happens. But it just gets the correlation between that act and fraternities in general gets too much emphasis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great take on it. Um, and I think that uh, you know, going into another stereotype, um, if we don't have any other comments on that one. Um, I think another one that we kind of hit on in Miles podcast that Jaron actually brought up was, you know, fraternities are straight white men. Yeah. And so what do we think about that? I got to get one for this one, actually. Uh, all okay, right. Go. We're ready. 
So, uh, Lyco is a really small school. Sure. And more so in stereotypes of like the typical ones, each group on campus had their own, like, that group is X. That's how they were defined, right? So, hey, Teak's all the weirdos, <laughs> you know, Five Size, all the jock, the dumb jocks, you know, KDR just likes to party. And then when I was joining Lambda Chi, it was all, oh, they're all gay. So it's like, oh, you're hanging out with them. They're all gay. So they were like the gay white fraternity. Like that was what they were known as. Yeah. And it became like my mission then, even when I wasn't in the organization, because I knew all the guys like to be like, God, what the heck? So what if they were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why does that matter? Is that we fought it for so long and it's, it's not comical in a bad way, but it's comical how right it was because so many of the guys have come out since. And it's awesome that they're comfortable now that. I can think of half a dozen of my brothers that are homosexual. And I just have to think back then of how terrible that must have been for them to be closeted and to then have everyone be like, man, I don't get why everyone's calling us gay. We're not gay. And they're like, yeah, we're not gay. And now turns out they were. And that had to be so rough. So I think it's that's why stereotypes are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yes. it's definitely not all true. Definitely. Yeah. Some of it's true. And the, the sensationalized version of it's true. These manly men, white men, whatever. But we had, I mean, most of the chapter is black now at my school. And we went from gay white guys to black basketball players, you know, and that's, what's cool about Lambda Chi in general is that all that other stuff doesn't matter. What matters is what's in your heart. And if you're a good person and if you subscribe to the values and the belief system and you want to make yourself better, there's a place for you there. Bingo. Definitely. <laughs> and, and, and so you brought up a, a really good point. Um, and I think the one thing that pains me uh, be, being a employee of the international headquarters is, is seeing that Lambda Chi may not be making the space available for somebody to feel like they can be themselves, right? Like th- these are some of your best friends, people that you're either in your weddings or they're there at the birth of your children or whatever it is. Um, and, and, it, it just, the struggle for me is when we can't make that space for them, um, to be who they are. Like that hurts me because you know that they want to be and, and they can't. And, and I, I guess I just, I feel for them. I agree with you because, you know, we were talking about the whole point of Lambda Chi Alpha is finding a space where you find people that, you know, have the same, same values as you and, uh, not same values, I should say, but kind of stand for the same thing. Sure. Um, and our support system for you. And it it's just really awful. I think that if you can't truly be who you are with these men that you're calling your brothers, then where can you be? Right. You know, hundred percent. So yeah, I think that Consider it chopped. <laughs> I like it. Yes. We are chopping down stereotypes. Um, but yeah, so Mike, uh, I know that you had a few other stereotypes that we wanted to talk about. There is <laughs> quite a few others that yes. we want to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think of my list of of order yeah. as far as where I want to go with this one. And I will say, like, that's kind of unfortunate that it is a list, you know? Yeah, that sucks. I think what I would want to do is kind of bring around, we, we talked about a few negative stereotypes. I'd sure. really love to talk about a positive or two. Um, right. Like I, I think that's yeah. important to always look at, like I said earlier, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I will say is that Lambda Chi Alpha and fraternities in general make amazing workers, make amazing business people and yeah. make what, what was the statistic, Jaron? Was it like, how many Fortune 500 CEOs happen to be in fraternities or sororities? 
Oh, it was a lot. Um, Thanks. Wow. That was, I'm so glad I called on you. Good thing you're, you're not my phone a friend. Like, geez. No, I don't know. No, it, it wasn't was, my, it wasn't my stat, but it was, it was a uh, significant number. It was 80%. I, I think it was somewhere between 50 and 70% of fraternities and sororities. 80% of presidents. That's what it was. Sorry. Thank you for interrupting, Jared. <laughs> No, but so the statistic was out and it was talking about how uh, between 50 and 70 percent of Fortune 500 companies were either in a fraternity or sorority when they were in college. Like fraternities are doing something right. So stereotypically, yes, we are good at what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a great one to bring up because, you know, so much good comes from a fraternity and being in Greek life. And, you know, the stats show it that we we create men who are able to go out into the workforce and be confident and stand up for what they believe and, you know, lead very successful lives and push the envelope. Right. Exactly. And And they're not afraid to do so. Exactly. And I think that is something that is so cool. And that is what I challenge everyone to do is really push the envelope. Ask why. If someone tells you this is the way it's done, ask why. Challenge the process. Like that is what makes things better. That is what makes a process improve is is when we challenge the mold and, and really try to push it forward. Yeah. So Miles, I'll ask you, um, since on your podcast, you said that you've, you've interviewed, you know, multiple brothers. Um, what have you seen in terms of this, this good stereotype that we're, that we're talking about? Yeah. So that's funny. I was just thinking about that before we asked the question. So I, you know what, let me, let me pull it up. I'm like, we'll do this live here, but <laughs> doing it live. I believe the first one I interviewed was my roommate in college. Okay. Uh, his name's Michael Tonart. Shout out, Mike, um, <laughs> known as DJ Tones. DJ so, Tones. What a great nickname. What's cool about Mike is that he he started learning how to DJ in our dorm room. Oh, and seriously. It was wonderful and awful at the same time because it was so loud and he wasn't that great <laughs> at first. He's very good now, but yeah. he's, he was fumbling through. It was cool because we always had a DJ for those, those horrible parties that, <laughs> you know, nobody throws. But... He's just stuck with it, which is cool. And I think part of it is the fraternity gives people that confidence. Yeah. So like it gives them room to kind of fail and grow and then they take it out. So talk to him and he's doing that. He's big in like a fortune 100 company and he does DJing on the side. That's pretty Um, cool. I've talked to, let's see. So I talked to, uh, actually the guy that I took the name from, his name's Nick. He has relish the journey tattooed on his wrist. And I was always like one of his life's mantra. Uh, he'd be the guy that'd wake you up after that party on Sunday morning and be like, come on, buddy, let's go on an adventure. <laughs> and you hated him, but then loved him after yeah. you got there. That exactly. Was, he's, he's doing, he's just very like entrepreneurial minded. And he, he's starting his own company. He's buying damaged stuff and selling it on Amazon and wow. stuff. He's just all over the place. That's pretty cool. Then another guy, uh, episode seven, his name is Pat Kalish. He's a financial advisor in Philadelphia. He's getting married. And he's also raising chickens in his backyard. Oh. So there's that. Then I got another one. He was my little brother. He's uh, He works in inner city Philadelphia with troubled youth, but then he's run like every single Spartan race ever held. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. He's doing that. That's super impressive. Uh, I talked to, oh, man. Okay. One that was started a business named Dave Zablocki. He was the guy that, you know, didn't really fit into the college mold, but then he started his own business. It's called Bloombox, and he delivers 
plants to your door in the Baltimore, you know, Lancaster sort of areas, Pennsylvania, wow. Baltimore region. Yeah. So he's business owner. I got another guy that's a police officer and also a pig farmer. Uh, so he works the night shift as a police officer and then he's running a farm during the day. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I think the one thing too, like that I, I notice about all of these guys that you're listing is that like they have the drive, motivation and passion to, um, to, to have that career and do with what they are enjoy doing as far as work is concerned, but they love doing a side note, a side passion of, of whatever that can be. And I think Taylor has a good point to make. Yeah. I was just raising my hands to make my point before I forget it. Um, and what I took away too from that list and kind of what we've been talking about is I feel like another stereotype and whether it's good or bad is a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of people think that fraternity men automatically go into business, Mm -hmm. you know? And sure that might be true for some of them, but from the list that Miles just talked about, I think that just shows how diverse, you know, the interests are, the career fields are, but they, all of these guys are coming from one ideal of Lambda Chi Alpha. Definitely. You know, so I, th- I think that's pretty cool. I totally agree. And to me, I liken it back to, you know, the Crescent is our symbol, pure, higher and ever growing. And yeah. These guys just don't stop. Like they're always trying to be better humans and be well-rounded and to just get out there. And yeah. I think that seed was planted when they're at Lambda. The one thing I just, I love hearing is stories about brothers and and kind of what Taylor was saying um, today, we were talking a little bit about um, the Cross and Crescent magazine and kind of what, what direction we were going to take that. And one of the things that we were talking about is Lambda Chi Alpha um, in different aspects of life. And, and so some of the, the people that we've, we've done stories on or that we're interviewing are happen to be more in the fine arts region. And so going off of what Taylor was saying is yeah. that they all don't go in business. We have people who are in the medical field. We have people who are, are in the fine arts and they're doing uh, productions on Broadway and professional and, dancers. Exactly. And so, so all of these different uh professions that they're doing and it's all the passion is is perpetuated by lambda kai i don't want to say lambda kai gave them that passion but (laughs) but helped them get to the point that they are today right definitely um you know and going off of that i i can't tell you how many guys um i've talked to that they say you know joining lambda kai was probably the best decision i could have made because you know again it, it gives me that support system that helps me in you know whatever career field i choose so again i i just think that that goes to show how how important you know lambda kai alpha is and and greek life in general definitely so so the one i, I was just thinking about that i want to switch to is fraternity men pay for their friends Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some of my friends aren't the best at, yeah. at times. <laughs> no, I love those guys. I think that's silly. I think that's just people that don't get it or people that didn't get a bid or Truth. something because it's that's just it's just silly. I mean, it's really not founded. Like you're paying dues to support the overall organization for that the house you're going to live in or for you know it's you know, the right to wear the letters and to support headquarters so that everybody can be there. You know, it goes to so many different things. It's not, you know, you can't buy a friend. That's just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And I, I have never liked that saying because, 
you know, like, yeah, of course you pay dues and you pay for things in the fraternity, but you are choosing to join this group, you know, and you're choosing to join it based on, you know, the values, the morals, the kind of people that are in this, this organization. So I, I just don't agree with that saying. Yeah. And if honestly, if I had to rank my friends, like if I had to create a, like a top five or top 10 list, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Cause they'd be mad, but <laughs> I could, I could tell you honestly that out of the top 10, about nine of them are fraternity brothers. Yeah. And, and they're people I met in Lambda Chi, whether it was on my campus, working at headquarters, traveling around the, the country. Um, I could tell you for, for certain that, uh, the people that I, I care about and love are, are lame to Kai brothers. And so I, you can't pay for love. I, I think that is something that it's just something that won't happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I can, I can thank lame to Kai for that. And, and really what you're paying for is you're paying to have fun together. That's, that's <laughs> right. What, that's what the fraternity is, is you're paying to have fun as a group. Yes. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be, I'll say it too, is I, I would have been friends with those guys, whether I, I joined lame to Kai or not because I was friends with them before I just, I joined Lambda Chi because they were in Lambda Chi and I knew that if we wanted to go bowling on a Saturday night, like instead of us all individually paying, you know, $30 every Saturday, we just pay $300 at the beginning of the, of the semester and it's already paid for. So it's just one of the things that you're like, Mike just said, you're, you're paying to have those fun, do those fun activities with, with your brothers. You're just paying for it all up front as a, as a, as opposed to paying as you go. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand that yeah. you, you're still going to do those things no matter whether you join a fraternity or join any organization or not. It's just, when do you pay for it? Do you pay for it in the moment or up front? And that's really. Like the pay. ultimate Groupon. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is what it is. Yes. Lambda Kai is a Groupon. Yes. Saying it here, saying it right now. Right now. Groupon, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, uh, chop talk at lambdakai.org. <laughs> we would love that. So Taylor was actually uh, just mentioning a, a stereotype that I think would be great to cover. And we talked about it on Miles' podcast. Yeah. It was like one of the first things we spoke of. So Taylor, you want to introduce that one? Yeah, definitely. So Miles, you were telling us a story about how, you know, one of your uh, chapter brothers actually corrected someone who said frat versus fraternity. So yeah, yeah I would love for you to, to share that story for all of our listeners. Sure. Yeah, and first, before people call me out. I will, I do have to admit something. So I rewrote all the words when I was a sophomore to I'm on a boat to be, I'm in a frat. <laughs> but that's just like creative. It, performed it with my roommate with autotune for Greek week and chapel skits. Oh my God. Can and we find that on YouTube? Yeah. Can you send it's, that link to us? It is on YouTube. If you Google, I'm in a frat, like on my college, I'm pretty sure. Oh my up. gosh. We are going to look it up. <laughs> we will do that um, right after this. And I got to say, it was pretty creative. But anyway, I just say that because yes, I've said the word frat. I'm not, you know, this all almighty, you know, <laughs> that's, that's above me. But yeah. the story was, I was interviewing one of my fraternity brothers on this podcast and it was him and one of his buddies from high school. We were talking about what it's like to be, you know, in your twenties trying to make it in New York city. Yeah. And that's where they both live. And they were both student athletes. Um, Dan, who I was talking to, he swam with me. Um, Adrian, his friend played football. And so he was asking for a comparison of what it was like to be a student athlete versus what it was like to be in a frat. And he barely got frat out of his mouth. <laughs> and Dan was correcting him to say, no, it's a fraternity. And then Adrian would say frat again just to mess with him. And he'd be like, no, it's a fraternity. And just like wouldn't give up. <laughs> it's, like, it's a different. It's like it is a brotherhood. It's a fraternity. It's a family. And right. that whole mindset, he was still, you know, he was correcting one of his best friends that he grew up with. You know, he wasn't 
didn't even let it slide for someone that close to him, which yeah. was fun. So Taylor, why do you think we correct when people say frat versus fraternity? Well, I think that, and I feel like we've been so conditioned at IHQ that every time now I hear say, someone say frat, I like twitch because it just, it makes me crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think that just really comes from, uh, again, that connotation that the word frat has. Like it just sounds kind of like, Gross. It does. It sounds gross. And I think that, you know, we've worked so hard um, as an organization to, you know, separate ourselves from that, that mentality of like, oh, we're just here to, to party. That and animal house mentality. Exactly. Exactly. Going back to, to that stereotype that we talked about. Um, and, you know, using the word um, frat just really brings down what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. Um, so using the word fraternity, um, that just really, to me says, okay, this is an organization that wants to be taken seriously. They have, you know, awesome values. They are, you know, a brotherhood, like Miles said, and it's not just a group of guys, you know, being bros together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds more dignified. It almost. does. It, you, you want to, well, yeah. And I think it, Go ahead, a good designation would be right. It's you're a fraternity man, not a frat boy. Yeah, definitely. Truth. That's so true. If I could retweet that right now, I would. We're yeah, we're put air down a t-shirt. Sell yeah, it. that's a bumper sticker. If yes. I ever heard one. We're air retweeting it right now. Yeah, and, there and you go. frat <laughs> just sounds lazy. Like it does. to me, it, you're just you, you can't pronounce the second syllable that comes in fraternity. Like you're <laughs> right. just frat. Like it just doesn't sound great. It's just like a sound. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Like it just, yeah, it doesn't sound dignified. Yeah. So, um, so if anyone out there is listening and they say frat, please change it. Yes. We humbly ask you, um, Jaren, we kind of cut you off. Were you going to make a point? I forget at this point. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Probably wasn't good anyways. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Miles, you're good. Miles. I'm just no, the guy behind the computer. It's all good. So Taylor, I think we're going to take a trip to Covert's <laughs> Corner for a second. Yeah. So for those of, of you and Miles too, who don't know, uh, Covert's Corner is a fun place to be. Um, and it's where Covert kind of, kind of rants about stuff. Yeah. It's kind of my own little soapbox. <laughs> and so that is what, that is the privilege I get for being on this podcast is I get my little yes. soapbox. So let's the, go there. One thing I wanted to talk about real quick is, uh, when chapters or colonies say they have the best brotherhood on campus, um, I can tell you right now, that's probably not correct. Um, First of all, I want to I want to know what the definition of best is, and then you tell me what the definition of brotherhood is. If having the best brotherhood means we have the best people to hang out with, you have the mold of fraternity all wrong. Like this is like we have been saying, this is not some social drinking club. This is this is the organization is so much more than that. Um, it has perpetuated a cycle of making men better for over a century, and, and so when I just hear, oh yeah, we have the best brotherhood, that's why everyone's going to join us you will fail as a chapter. And, and I, I think I said this on the last podcast, fraternity is not the field of dreams. If you build it, people are just not going to show up and want to join. That is not how this works. They're not going to join because you have quote unquote, the best brotherhood ever. And so like, get off your high horse and understand that fraternity is so much more than that. You have to work for what you want and what you need. And, and so stop saying that, come up with something better. That's all I ask. That was a good covert's corner. Thank you. I liked it. Um, I would clap if it didn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miles, I would love to hear your thoughts on on covert's corner. Well, I just think, I mean, as much as we 
when we're in college, we think we know everything. I think that phrase is just a sign of immaturity. Yes. I mean, we're talking about people in their late teens, early 20s, peacocking about how awesome they are. And yep. so, of course, they're going to throw stuff around like that. And that sort of awareness that you're talking about, I think, only really comes from from the wisdom of old age when you enter your <laughs> mid-20s and you realize, you know, you're kind of silly. And it's just, it's just very bad marketing. It'd be like saying – you know, I have the best soda. And it's like, well, what the heck does that mean? Or right. I have the best this. If you have to, you know, branding and marketing is all about storytelling and what your competitive advantage is and something that's bland like best brotherhood. It's a cool alliteration, but that's kind of where it ends. Exactly. And, and so um, I don't know if, if, if you've heard of the company Fired Up Productions before, but they made this uh, this analogy between um, the way fraternity men table and a fourth grade bake sale. And so they said that it looks very similar to where there's like all of these posters and that it's all very colorful and flashy. Yeah. And there's people sitting behind this table wanting to sell you baked goods. And that is how fraternity men table. And it just goes back to this again of like, you really have to work and put yourself out there. And, and I think you brought up a good point. I think you deal with this in, in your day-to-day career is that marketing is very important. Getting your message across and telling your story the way you want people to hear it, not the way that people will um, make the story for themselves. Yeah. And so I, I think you just brought up a really great point is that we really need to do a better job at marketing fraternity in general. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, so I think, you know, moving away from the stereotype conversation, um, Mm -hmm. something that we did on miles podcast, which I thought was, was really cool was, you know, giving advice. So I'm going to turn it back on you miles and say, you know, what advice do you have for our listeners? And it could be about anything. I'm going to say, wow, that's very, I know that was, that was a little broad. (laughs) Hold on, I got to get my soapbox out of the corner and get in a position. <laughs> Please Perfect. do. Uh, I don't want to be the only one. <laughs> no, well, I think I'll just, I'll take it back to this past year of my life doing the podcast and what I've learned. And it's, it's something I wish I would have realized earlier because it's almost like when you're in college and like I mentioned all those things I did, right? Like I was just going crazy, taking in all these experiences I could, but then you graduate you get a job and most people, that's what they do. They wake up, they go to work, maybe they go to the gym, they discover Netflix and they you know, absorb into their couch. Um, <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know why we do that, right? Like all through high school, all through college, it's all about growing your resume and getting as many extracurriculars as possible. Sure. And then we, we do all that for the purpose of getting a job and then we get a job and we stop doing that. Yeah. Yes. And that's, I just challenge everybody, I guess more so than advice, I would just say, just don't do that. I, in the past year, I feel like I've had like a metamorphosis of just getting back to that side of me that I loved in college, like going out and meeting new people and getting involved and extending myself, getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I've seen the benefits just, they've been tremendous in my professional life where it's, I brought new things into the office that I figured out by doing stuff on the podcast. I'm going to the marketing department. I'm saying, Hey, do you guys know about this? Check it out. We could, we could use it this way. And yeah, I've definitely. made so many professional connections and, you know, been in rooms with people I never would be in because I got a microphone in front of me. So I guess I would just give people the advice. Just don't, don't stop. Treat real life like it's college and there's all these extracurriculars out there. There are plenty of clubs to join. 
you know, they don't have Greek letters on their chest anymore, but it's the Chamber of Commerce or it's, you know, working at a coffee shop on a Saturday just because you want to or yeah. starting a podcast. It's never been easier. The cost to start a business today is like the laptop you already own and your time because yep. definitely you can YouTube or Google any, anything to learn anything. Like the only excuse is you just don't want it hard enough. So just don't become like that average statistic American and just keep trying to grow and improve yourself and trying to experience this, even if you are happy in your professional job, because you'll be better for it in the long run. So that's what I'd say. I think that that is stellar advice. That was wonderful. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I, us being, you know, three and four counting miles working professionals, I I couldn't agree more that it's so easy to just get stuck in this rut of just like, you know, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go home. Maybe I'll work out, eat dinner, sit on the couch, do it again. Veg out. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like personally, I think I, I've seen that in myself a little bit mm -hmm. is just getting stuck in this routine. And, you know, I, I feel it and I feel like I am not doing anything, you know, creative, productive outside of work. And I really miss that because that's what I would do in college to Miles Point. So, yeah, I, I mean, that is great. And finding something that, you know, you have a passion for and you really love and doing that outside of, you know, your nine to five job. So I, I think that that's great advice. Yeah. And that's actually, that's one of the things that uh, one of our coworkers, one of the first things that she told me when I, you know, graduated in, in May and started full time, was just like, find an activity to do outside of work. Don't just, um, don't just go to work and then go home like find volunteer somewhere. Like obviously in, in, in undergrad, I volunteered a lot through Lambda Chi and had a lot of opportunities that way and other organizations that I was in, but you know, find those things afterwards. And I, um, I ended up going back to school. So I'm, I'm currently pursuing a, a master's degree online. Um, and that was just, to me, that, that is what I found to be the most, um, the, the thing that I wanted to pursue the most, but for everyone, like it, it could be anything. It could be volunteering at an animal shelter or, you know, finding a new workout routine or, or anything. Um, it just don't, don't become complacent once you graduate. Yeah. And one of the things I want to do real quick to wrap up as well is I, I kind of want to turn the tables on miles and, and I, I already mentioned what I loved about relish the journey and, and, and kind of that three word mantra you have, um, as you title each podcast. And so the one thing I would ask you is your life after college what would three words be for you to describe that? And what's funny is that whenever I get this question, I'm never prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> like I should always have like three words in my back pocket to pull out. Just whip out and be like, this is it. Yep. <laughs> so some life after college. So um, I would say accelerated. Um, so I, I rose the corporate ladder pretty quick. I'm 28 years old. I'll turn 29 next month. You know, I'm in my second home that I've owned. I've built this one. I have a one-year-old son. I've been married for five years this year. So oh. that's very atypical of a 28-year-old. Well, congrats, so first of all. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so accelerated. Um, oh, man. Busy, I guess that goes <laughs> because yes. I focus so hard on getting to this port part in my uh the, you know, the quote unquote corporate life that mm -hmm. I was just, I took every opportunity at work and like work was my, my main hustle and my side hustle for a while. 
um, until I got to this point. So accelerated and busy. And then, ah, I'm going to say open-ended. Okay. Just because I know there's so much more I can do. Um, It's been amazing to see what the podcast has done for me in this year. And like I said, I'm only 28. So like I have two more lifetimes ahead of me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And when you think about life that way, it's exciting. And I was almost exciting again because a lot of people look at it the opposite way. It's like, oh, no, I'm turning 29. I'm going to be 30. It's like, hell yeah, I'm turning 30. (laughs) Exactly. They're going to take me serious now. There's three in front of my age. You know, like I'm an actual adult. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, accelerated because it's been just not typical, busy because I got a lot going on and then open-ended. So we got to hyphenate that last one, but that's three. (laughs) It still counts. I like it. Um, So, Miles, we've asked you a lot of questions um, in this podcast. So I want to turn it over to you and see, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. So um, when it comes to our stereotypes, going back there. Yeah. The last episode I listened to was, I think it was number 12, and we were talking about, we were talking about, look, I'm on the, I'm on the show with you guys. I'm <laughs> I mean, you can be um, another co-host if you want. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Uh, y'all were talking about women in Lambda Chi Alpha working at headquarters. Yeah. And growing up, I was in Boy Scouts. Um, I have my Eagle Scout, and that's been a cool feather my cap that I talk about a lot of people similarly sure. to just like being fraternity president and things like that. And I think something very interesting that's happening with the boy scouts is that they're now just scouts and that they are letting women in to the organization mm-hmm. and people love it or they hate it, but they're talking about it. So my question with that is they were talking a lot about you, Taylor, yeah, about how you've never seen the ritual. And, you know, I just kept asking myself, well, why, you know, why do we as Lambda Chi Alpha not let women in? If we, if you're, if you're good enough to work at headquarters, you know, why couldn't we allow women to be in Lambda Chi Alpha or at least, you know, even if it's not in the undergrad, like allow the women that work at headquarters to be sort of quote unquote brotherized sure. outside of school to see the whole picture and know what it is that you're fully a part of and not just the open side of things. So I guess that's a long way of asking <laughs> the question. Is that on the table for the organization that you guys can talk about? Where, will there one day be, you know, women Lambda Chi's? I mean, coming from uh, a female perspective, I I would like to say yes, but also I understand that that's probably a long ways away, um, you know, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I just don't think that fraternity and Lambda Chi Alpha is ready for that yet. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just think that there's a lot that needs to happen for us to get to that point. Yeah. And I would even say um, from a very business standpoint, um, until the IRS lets fraternities be um, anything other than same sex um, organizations, I think that's one barrier that we have to to look through. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would say is that our nation still hasn't even had a woman as president in our two, over 200 plus year history. And, and, and so I would love to be the first organization to, to break that mold and, and to really start um, opening this up. Cause I, I think the mission of Lambda Chi Alpha is not gender centric by any means. I, I, right. I don't think it, it is only for males. I, I think our, our 
mottos, I think, are ritual. And I, I think what we stand for is is binary and if not even binary, I, I think it is a hundred percent open-ended. Yeah. I, I think what Lambda Kai stands for could be applied in every situation to every person across this globe. And, and so I'm glad you asked the question, Miles, because I, I think Lambda Kai would be great to, to a great candidate to, to start that path. Yeah. But like Taylor said, I, I think that we are a ways away from that, unfortunately. And, and I would love to have um, some of these women at um, headquarters to be my sisters in Lambda Kai. Yeah. Um, and I feel like another thing that, you know, I've heard, um, a lot about is, you know, if we open up a fraternity to women, then where are men going to bond with each other, you know, and where are they going to have that safe space as men, which I, I understand. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the same could be said about sororities, you know, if you let men in, then where are we going to have just developmental moments? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I never thought of it that way. I mean, I think that's an interesting point you make because there have been all sorts of studies that I've read where it's, you know, the importance of the bro night or (laughs) girls night or recently I just, I sent one to my wife today about mom vacations where like people like the, either being by yourself or being just with your girlfriends yeah. or my friends. Definitely. That that's super healthy for you. So that's, a, that's an interesting perspective, especially, you know, from you as a girl that you bring that up on behalf of us guys. But that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the quick answer would probably be like sports, you know, guys or just, you know, just groups of guys apart from the overall organization. Mm-hmm. But that is an important aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Right? And I think Taylor, Taylor made it a fantastic point. And that honestly, I imagine that's probably one of the biggest arguments on why it may never happen. Yeah. Um, the, whether we want it to or not, I think whether it's society or nature, um, genders need the ability to grow with each other mm-hmm. to become who they are as an individual. Right. Um, I, I think some of the things like I've learned it, as a, a member of Lambda Chi Alpha, I think I could have really only learned that with the group of men I was with. And and that may not be true. I, I guess I only see it from, from a biased perspective, but um, I, I just think some situations may not have happened if I was in, in a, a mixed gendered um, group. Yeah. So I think that there are, you know, a lot of things that we could say, you know, this, this will help us get to that point, but I just, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of opposition to it that we may never get to that point. Definitely. So I don't know. Well, what would be cool though is like if there's an offshoot, right? It was like the order of the white rose or something <laughs> that uh, there was a women organization within it could be cool. Well, yeah. And Freemasonry actually has that. It's called Eastern Star. Um, and so once somebody is initiated into Freemasonry, their wives or spouses have the ability to then join Eastern Star. Um, they're, they're essentially two organizations that kind of stand on their own, um, but they meet at the same time. And so that people are still engaging and they still have outings and things like that together, but they right. still kind of hold their separate meetings. And so um, that may be a possibility, honestly. Who knows? Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, yeah, I think that if, you know, there aren't any other questions from you, Miles, um, this has been a great conversation and we, we appreciate you coming on so much. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I guess, I mean, you're kind of starting to exit me there, but I do have one more. Oh yeah. Go go for for it. it. Go for it. And I'm just wondering when we talk about chopping down stereotypes, there's like 
it's almost like the original like fraternity and sorority row there in Indianapolis, where there's a bunch of other organizations close to the Lambda Chi headquarters. Yeah. So question slash like I feel like you should challenge, like you should do it. But I think it'd be cool if you guys had other Greek organizations on here to talk about some of the same things. And what do they see in their fraternity or sorority? And how does that interact with Lambda Chi? And I'd Remote Greek Unity, I think it'd be interesting to see what they say and just hear their perspective. So I guess the question is, have you thought about that? And do you think that's going to be coming up in some episodes? Well, Miles, you are just reading our mind. And we talked about this in your podcast, how we are just like on the same wavelength. Um, I was actually emailing today um, with Zeta Tau Alpha, Alpha, bleh, excuse me, um, and their... Um, uh, their headquarters are very close to ours. Um, and so we were talking about, you know, wouldn't that be awesome if we had, you know, their communications department on our podcast and kind of talk about, you know, a women's organization and how how similar we are and kind of what the same issues we face and, you know, what they deal with as a women's organization. So, you know, you, you hit it right on the, right on the head. Um, so we definitely have plans for that in the future. Yeah. And, and I also think too, talking about how our organizations interact, not only at a headquarters level, but how our chapters interact on campuses yeah. and, and how, what does that dynamic look like from their perspective? Cause right. we can give our perspective all day, but, um, <laughs> it, it would be interesting right. to hear kind of the other side of the coin. Yes. Or like, Hey, what's, your stereotypes of us like how oh yeah yeah oh that'd be interesting that would be good interesting yeah i'd be kind of scared though to hear that would be, that'd be good for a rapid fire question or something i yeah. would like that yeah i like that too no but, but it, it, it is in the works yes. um hopefully within the next few weeks we're looking at trying to do something so yeah. um stay tuned cool. it's going to happen yeah love it well that's it fresh out. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much again, Miles, for, for taking time to be on this podcast with us. I think that we, we hit a lot of good things and it was great hearing your perspective on, on some of these topics. Definitely. And, and I, I just want to quickly, once again, plug my Miles yes. podcast, Rel Relish the Journey. Um, he also has a website out there. What, what's your web address, Miles? It's rtjmedia.com. RTJ Media. Awesome. Um, so definitely go out there, check out his podcast. Like I said, I, I'm a huge fan. I love, I love the naming scheme. I, I love the content. So yeah. um, definitely please go out there and listen to it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So, Mike, I think that that was a really great conversation and we actually addressed our tagline, you know, chopping down uh, stereotypes. Yeah, no, I, I think we do it quite often, but I think actually directly yeah. addressing it, I think was kind of nice. It was. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, high level stereotypes that are more serious and mm -hmm. then we kind of worked our way down. Um, what was your favorite part? Ooh, that was a tough one. Um, I would have to say my favorite part was um, when Miles jumped on his soapbox and kind of gave us kind of some knowledge of, of kind of what he's been going through and how he has changed um, post-college. Yeah. And, and, and really talking about um, don't be stagnant, don't be complacent, right. um, still get involved in things, still do the things you want to do, um, but have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that was a great piece of advice that really anyone can take away. 
uh, from this podcast because, you know, like we were saying, it's just so easy to get in that rut, get in that routine. Um, but, you know, with him doing this podcast on the side, he's kind of learning things every day and, and you know, meeting new people every day. So that's really cool. Yeah. And, and really the, the things outside of his career are also affecting things that he's doing in his right. career. And I think that's so cool that he's able to apply things across the board. And yeah. I think that's so helpful and, and keeps him involved in the things that he's doing. Yeah. And most definitely. Um, I also enjoyed how he was talking about, you know, in relation to his podcast, um, how he's talked to all of the these uh, brothers who are doing just really cool things with their lives. And I think that that goes back into that stereotype uh, conversation that we were having that, you know, we may all come from Lambda Chi Alpha and these, these men may all come from the same brotherhood, but they're so different and diverse. I think the one thing that stood out to me from that comment was yeah. where he talked about some of these very successful guys, whether they're a C, or, uh, an executive in a Fortune 100 company or sure. a police officer, they had some of these th- side things that I would have yeah. never expected. Like one of them was a pig farmer. Right. Like that, that one, I was like, <laughs> well, that, that's great. I'm glad that that's a passion. Yeah. And so doing the pig farming during the day, working uh, the night shift as a yeah. police officer, I think that is so cool that... He's doing what he loves yes. and he may love multiple things and he's finding a way to do both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that all just ties back into that idea of, you know, never being complacent and always reaching for something more. Definitely. So I think that that's a great point to end on. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think we're going to do a, a fact off today. Yeah. I think that we are just going to keep it where it is. Yeah. Um, but next time we'll definitely have a very special edition of uh, fact off. Definitely. So on behalf of myself, Jaron and Taylor and the rest of the international headquarters staff, I want to thank everyone for listening and check out all our other podcasts.